0: So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book.
1: Some of us have been wandering in our own desert places...
0: That was the pastor, Vanessa Brown, delivering a sermon in 2013. I love the part where she says, some of us have been wandering in our own desert places and our own wildernesses for a long time. We've been looking for a safe place to lay. In her personal life, Vanessa was wandering for a long time. She was looking for someone, for someone who would create that safe place for her. She married the wrong person because that's what she thought she was supposed to do to make everyone else happy. She did make everyone else happy, but it made her miserable. It's taken Vanessa more than 30 years to find her real safe place, to find the love she always wanted, the love she always deserved. And she found it with her best friend. She found it with the woman who had been there for her throughout this search. The woman who never, ever gave up on her. I'm Joe Piazza. This is Committed. We're starting today's episode in 1989, and we're going to church, to the Fellowship of the Savior on Danforth Avenue in Jersey City, New Jersey. It's choir practice. The choir is called Touch Somebody's Life, and it's filled with some of the most excited and exuberant young adults you've ever met. Are you with me? This is where Tuana Gauz first laid eyes on Vanessa Brown. Her head started spinning. She felt a warm feeling wash right over her.
2: I was 16. She was 18. It was love at first sight. When I saw her, I loved her instantly. And so I was like, I could marry this woman. I could be with this woman. Which is one of the first times I could remember saying... I'm going to marry a woman, but keeping it to myself. Here's Vanessa.
1: We were very young, but I was not in love. It was, she was just a friend, and she used to sing in the choir, and I've known her for all of that time. And we became very good friends fast,
0: um, and then she moved away. Twana moved away to Atlanta, but the two women stayed in touch, talked all the time. Tawana's church in Atlanta was incredibly conservative, to put it lightly. Her dad is the Reverend Sam Gauze Sr. He's a Pentecostal minister.
2: I grew up uh, Pentecostal Apostolic Faith Church of Our Lord Jesus Christ, um, and every message, every movies were sin. Uh, makeup. everything, makeup, jewelry, pants, shirts had to be over your elbows. Your skirts had to be over your knees. No nail polish, no lip gloss. No no tattooing. No tattoos, no perms, nothing. And um, we would see an occasional somebody who we kind of like, maybe, could be, I don't know, there's a possibility.
0: Somebody who could be gay.
2: They would hone in on them and Whoever the person was, be it male or female, you needed to be delivered, drink this oil, get set free, you're an abomination. My sister told my mother, I kissed my best friend. We were playing hide-and-go-seek, and and we were kissing, hiding together, but kissing. And um, my sister saw me and told my parents, oh, my God, the beating that I got. They beat me with a boy bristle brush. And if I ever, I will kill you before you die and go to hell. Um, I'll be dead either way. So, <laughs> And because that was what I heard on a consistent basis, I believed my parents because they were crazy. Mm-hmm. And I believed that if they caught me, <laughs> they would kill me. It was just something that I never Wanted them to know.
0: Meanwhile, Vanessa was growing up in New Jersey. She'd known she was gay since she was about 12 years old. And even though her church wasn't open or accepting of gay people, her situation was more of a don't ask, don't tell situation.
1: So many gay people, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender people at the church. And that nobody really said anything, but everybody knew. So I was kind of like out you know, to all of my friends and the people that were around me, but it was my family that I had not come out to.
0: Vanessa had been dating plenty of women. But in 2004, when she was in her 30s, she ended up marrying a man, a pastor who she had preached with and was trying to build a congregation with. He was young and innovative and new and different, and things that are different can scare people, especially the kind of people who are very set in their ways. The congregation was falling apart. Some of the church members just didn't trust this new guy, didn't believe in him. And he needed to do something to change that. Because Vanessa believed in him, she was willing to do whatever it took to help him out.
1: And so basically, I remember some preachers saying, listen, he needs this for his reputation. It's not about you, it's about him you need to try to save this ministry Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and being married would be a good look Mm -hmm. to save this ministry, to save this church. And we need you to do this.
0: And you did it. And I did it. It was this huge wedding, 500 people at a massive church in Harlem, a who's who of the community. The gospel singer, Vanessa Bell Armstrong was there. So was Martha Wash of the Weather Girls. For those of you who aren't familiar with Martha, she sang. It's raining men. It's raining men. So, to put it lightly, this wedding was a really big deal. But Vanessa was terrified and miserable.
1: And I remember telling the limousine driver to please wait for me because I didn't think that I could. Go through it, and he said to me, "He said, I want you to know that you look beautiful today, but you don't look happy." He said, "So I'm gonna wait for you, just in case." He said, "I'm gonna give you about forty-five minutes." And when I went inside, you know, they, they have that little room for you mm-hmm. for
0: you to wait. I just felt distant. I didn't feel like I was really there. All she could hear in her head was her soon-to-be husband's voice saying, please don't embarrass me.
1: My dad said, he looked at me and he said, my baby looks so beautiful today. He said, but you're not happy. He said, and I'm going to say this to you, you do not have to do this today. We can go out and tell these people there will be no wedding, we're going to have a big party, and everybody can go home. I'll never forget that. And I kept saying, oh, no, Daddy, I'm okay. He said, you're not, but I'm going to do what you want to do because you're grown. And when I tell you that the church was packed full of people, <laughs> wall to wall, because some people just came to see if this was going to really happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, and I did it. But I'll never forget how I felt Before I did it, knowing. They were only married five months before they separated. That was like a lot of embarrassment and a lot of humiliation when it didn't work. I don't know why, but I guess I just felt ashamed. Yeah. Right? Because I felt like I betrayed myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And I betrayed myself, and I caused my own self so much pain, and other people because you so knew much going pain. Into because it. I already knew mm-hmm. going into it. it. was No one hid anything. I knew exactly what I was getting into.
0: Meanwhile, down in Atlanta, Tawana had been outed by an ex, a woman she'd been secretly dating for years.
2: We were in the middle of a breakup, and I wouldn't take her back. And she was like, if you don't call me, I'm going to call your parents. And I was like, oh, well, this will be the end of it. And she called my parents. Um, my mother called me first. Um, my father called me second. And um, that's how I was outed. My mother was like, I always knew <laughs> after we got into the conversation. But my dad, he started baming on tables. And, that's you know, the devil is a lie. And it's an abomination. And. And my mother was like, I-, I don't know why you're acting like this. She has been this way all of her life. We've known it forever. I'm glad she's just finally saying it. Um, but he had a fit. He did.
0: Twana also thought about trying to marry a man to keep up appearances, just like Vanessa.
2: I was going to marry my best friend. Same kind of thing. You're going to marry to to keep up. Yes. Yep. Yeah. The the appearance. The appearance. That had it had to be. You know, this is it for ministry's sake, for the look's sake. He knew I was a lesbian. I knew he was gay. And you know, it, it it was what it was. See,
0: even though Twana knew that she was gay, knew that she liked women, loved women, she also thought that her being gay was something that could be fixed that could maybe be prayed out of her. And that's just what she'd been told for most of her life.
2: I remember fighting within myself. I always thought that I was going to go to hell, not other people. I didn't think that the universal love of God extended to me. And I remember going on a 40-day fast, because that's what they told us. Mm-hmm. That's what they taught us. And I believe that when the text says some things come out by fasting and praying. And I remember shutting myself in in the church. It was after hours, um, and I worked for, I was a church administrator, so I worked during the day. When everybody else in at the church went home, I locked the door, and it was me and God me and the universe, me and the divine, I had told God, this is my last-ditch effort. I'm going to try, this is it, because I've tried everything, the d camps, the revivals, the this, the that. And in the middle of that fast, I remember no water, no food. I took all my nails off, no makeup, and really a modern-day sackcloth and ashes, if you will. And I remember saying to God, I need for you to say something to me about this. Because why do I believe that other people are okay and that I'm not okay? Why do I feel like other gay people and lesbians are loved by you and I'm not? What is wrong with me? Is it a sin? What, what is it?
0: And then God answered.
2: And I remember just as clear as day, just like we're sitting here talking, who said that I had a problem with you? Who told you that? Where'd you get that from? And it was like an overwhelming sense of peace in those words. And it was nobody in the church but me. And I remember the, hearing the voice with such peace. And I just broke down and just started crying. just, And the crying turned into laughter. And I was like, okay, so now God. You know that I'm supposed to have a spouse. Who is she?
0: We're going to take a quick break here. When we get back, we'll find out what was happening with Vanessa after her marriage fell apart. Hey, guys. Joe here. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. After meeting as choir girls and becoming best friends, then going their separate ways, both Tuana and Vanessa had considered marrying men they didn't love in order to continue being accepted in their communities and in their churches. Vanessa actually did it. She knew what was wrong when she walked down the aisle, and ultimately she was separated in just five months.
1: I was really fragile. I felt really embarrassed and humiliated, not because I wanted the marriage to work, but because we had gotten married in front of so many people, and I knew that it wasn't right. You know, I knew that it was something I shouldn't have done. I spent a lot of money to do it, and I was really beating myself up. I know how the church can be so judgmental. I know how badly people can talk about you and make you feel bad, you know, as if you're nothing. Yeah. And I internalized all of the what I felt would happen. And I become suicidal.
0: One of those nights, Vanessa was really feeling at her lowest. She called Tawana.
1: And she was like, You're not gonna hurt yourself. This is going to pass. Don't worry. And that, I think, was an entryway into me really talking to her and opening up about where I was.
2: And what was that like for you to hear? That, you know, she was in this place of despair. I knew some of what she was feeling in the instance of, okay, this is not something that I should have did, but I did it anyway. And death is the best way out. So when I heard it, I was like, okay, she's serious. I was like, you don't have to do this. You can change your mind. Think of all of the spaces and places that if you take your life right now, you won't go. You won't be. The greatness that's inside of you will never manifest. And so I prayed, prayed, prayed. And I stayed on the phone until she went to sleep. How long was that? Oh, we were on the phone for hours. It we didn't hours.
1: say anything. It was hours because I remember falling asleep on the phone. But I remember feeling as if something arrested me, you know, mm-hmm. just, like, stopped me in my tracks and, like, lulled me to sleep. And then an hour, I know the phone was still going, and I was like, hello, when I woke up.
2: And I was right and there. And she was
1: like, hello? She said, like, well, you fell asleep. And so I figured i will just stay on the phone. <laughs>
2: And she did. Well, she and did.
0: I did. How did you feel when you woke up? That someone had st- stuck on the phone that whole night? And I was like,
1: like oh my
2: God, you. Tawana stayed on the <laughs> phone with me all night. I was ready and I knew that my uh, departure would be soon. It
0: wasn't too long after that that Tawana came up north.
1: Then um, she came up to preach for me in my church. And she did a wonderful job. We had lunch and we had dinner and we were just talking and talking and
0: talking. And so, basically, we was like, okay, come on, baby. They were walking through Vanessa's neighborhood in Harlem and stopped in front of a brownstone building. As Vanessa reached out to unlock the door, Twana reached for her hand. That's when they kissed for the
2: very first time. When we finally got together, it was almost like we pulled teeth back and forth i was like I- i'll wait i'm i'm not in a rush but you need to know i'm not like everybody else i am for you and not for what you bring they dated for a
0: long time they both wanted to make sure they'd gotten rid of all their baggage before they walked down the aisle They wanted to make sure they were each going into this their best possible selves. This is Vanessa.
1: I wanted to do my best to make sure that I was in a good space. Um, So it took a while before we got married. We were actually together for 11 years, 10 years, 10 years before we got married. Mm -hmm. But um, part of it was knowing me, knowing her, and trying to work through some of those things. and. One day, I was just doing I was working, writing a paper because I was still in school and uh, getting my Master's of Divinity. And I remember hearing, it's time. And I said, it's time for what? (laughs) Because I can be that way sometimes, even if I know it's time. It's time to be married. And then I said, okay. So we went on a cruise. I got a ring in the Bahamas and
2: I proposed to her on the ship. And she said yes. She said yes. When it actually did happen on the boat, I was shocked. I was like, okay, no, we need to start planning now for you to change your mind. We need to call the people right now. She before, did tell before, me that. Before you change your mind. Because <laughs> if, you, if you bought a ring, Lord,
0: have mercy. Now's a good time for a break. When we get back, we'll hear about how Tawana convened a family summit to tell her father and her whole family that she was in love with Vanessa. Vanessa. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book.
2: After um, I called the family meeting, we were in Atlanta and um, I was just like, okay, if this is something that we're going to do, let me go ahead and tell my parents. I called a family meeting. All of my siblings got all my sisters on the phone that were away, and um, had the talk. And everybody was excited. My father came to the hotel with a with the family Bible that sits on the the chase. Nobody touches the family Bible. With it under his arm, and came to the <laughs> hotel. Came to the hotel, hotel we and slammed the Bible down. slammed. Bam. and. Commenced to, you know, asking questions and... Going off. Going
1: off. He was was not happy. No. The meeting didn't end well. (laughs) I um, was trying my best to be amicable and to just, you know, have a peaceful meeting. But he set the whole thing off. He said something really crazy like... He hopes God gives us a disease.
2: No, he didn't say
1: that. What did he say?
2: He said God is gonna oh, he give said, you he women. Said, God
1: is gonna give you women
2: yeah. a disease. Yes, for using your bodies for other than what it was created for.
1: That's what he said.
2: And when she he went went off, said that, that was it. It was. I went off. She went off. I went completely off, and I was like, "This conversation is over."
1: But I was still trying to be reasonable. Even after she went off. But by the time she got to the elevator, she was like, come on, Vanessa! I was like, okay, sir, take care. And that was the last conversation that, last that, conversation that had. we ever, that me and him even yep. ever had. He, he has seen me, but he doesn't speak to me.
0: Mm-hmm. And he didn't come to the wedding.
1: No. No, no. No, no, no. He was, uh, he was vehemently against our wedding. Our wedding. Like, he didn't want her mother to come. Even up to, to the day of the wedding. He told her mother she shouldn't be attending, that she should be have, find, stones in her have hands. finding ways to stone
2: us. Wow. Your mom did it anyway. My mother came. She was in the car with me. She sounds fierce. She is fierce.
0: And that wedding was fierce. The New York Times even wrote about it. I'm going to read an excerpt from it, but I've seen pictures and this doesn't even do it justice. This is what the Times wrote. Pastor Tuana Gaz stepped out of a limousine amid the whir of cameras outside the New Vision Full Gospel Baptist Church in East Orange, New Jersey. Dressed in an off-white wedding gown and veil that sparkled in the cascading sunshine, she carried a bouquet of white roses and lilies, hugged several guests, then parted a sea of well wishers on the way to her best friend, Pastor Vanessa Brown, who stood waiting at the altar in a cream colored long coat called a shirwani and gold Punjabi shoes. The church doors opened, allowing the faint strains of You Are So Beautiful to float on the hot August air. It broke my heart to think about Tawana wanting her dad to be there and him refusing to go. My own dad was really sick when I married Nick. He hadn't been out of a hospital bed in a year, but he made it to our ceremony. And he gave a speech and a blessing. And now that he's gone, I think about that a lot. I could tell during our interview that not having her father there or having him as part of her life... This wonderful life that she's created with Vanessa is really painful for Twana. We asked her if we could talk to her dad as part of this episode, but she didn't want us to. She didn't see any sense at picking at an old scab. She does hope that one day he'll come around. Her dad did give a statement to the New York Times when the two women got married. This is what he said. Twana very well knows I'm not for that kind of lifestyle. I believe that God wanted us to procreate through a natural process, and by no means am I happy about this because it is unnatural. I look at homosexuality as a mental disorder. Both Vanessa and Twana have been through so much to get to where they are today. There were times when they went through real hell, had to deal with a lack of love, a lack of acceptance from some of the people they expected to love and accept them the most, no matter what. But they made it out the other side. And they used what they learned to try to bring more good into the world, to help those people who found themselves in similar situations. Today, they're running two of their own churches the Church of Love and Light, and Rivers of Living Water. There are these radically inclusive churches, and that doesn't just mean that they're accepting of gay people. They're accepting of all people. All people of all genders, of all faiths. Doesn't matter who you are, walk through the door, they're going to love you anyway. Vanessa refers to the church as Baptomethecostal. A little bit Baptist, a little bit Methodist, a little bit Pentecostal, baptimethicostal. An easier version is their tagline, which is, we're not your mama's church, but we could be. One of the things that I really wanted to ask them was how finally getting to be together after so long, after loving each other for three decades, how has their marriage influenced their ministry together? This is Vanessa.
1: I think marriage has influenced our ministries so positively. Um, I think after we got married, we did so many other weddings afterwards, so I know that it had a positive influence. Um, I also felt like it put us in a different space um, because people were now coming to us for advice. So I think that our being married has helped us in our relationship, but it has really shaped the church into a space knowing, for people to know that they can come to us for safety.
0: And so with the ministry, you know, how do you guys shift to an affirming ministry to say, you know, centuries have said that homosexuality is wrong. And so what does the shift look like to say it is not wrong and it is accepted and we are an affirming church?
1: Love. Yes. That's the first thing Love. it looks like. Love. Loving everybody that comes through the door. We talk about being same-gender loving, being LGBTQI+. We talk about all those things. We have conversations around them. We have training. So much that people need to know and need to try to understand, right? And when you love someone, you do all you can to know everything about them. This
2: is Twana. So we try to to live our lives together out loud with our humanity and our humanness around loving everybody, treating our neighbor like we treat ourselves, and understanding that where we miss the mark for ourselves, we're going to miss it in somebody else. And we're going to miss it in the church. We're going to miss it in faith. We're going to miss it in community. So we treat each other like we want to be treated. And then we treat other people like they should be treated. Doesn't it just make sense? It's very the simple. The church, yeah,
1: it, it's not. I mean, yeah. we complicate it, but yeah. and the church is complicated. The it. church is complicated. It. Very much so. Religion is complicated. And religion has complicated, religion it. Has complicated, it. complicated. Yes, it. but it makes it magical, right? So even when you get through the hard part, it's like climbing a mountain. Once you get to the top, the view is so amazing, and so that's kind of like what it is. You know, you have to go through so much in a marriage, but once you get to a certain place. The view is amazing.
0: Vanessa and Tawana deserve to take a break and look at the view for a while. They put in the work and they climb the mountain. But they know this isn't the end. They know that a real marriage is about the journey, not the destination.
3: This episode was hosted and reported by Joe Piazza. Special thanks to Vanessa Antoana Brown, as well as the Church of Love and Light and the Rivers of Living Water Church. It was produced and edited by Ramsey Yunt and Tyler Klang with mixing by Tristan McNeil. The executive producers are Joe Piazza, Mangesh Hatikater, and Will Pearson. Theme song and music by Tristan McNeil with additional music by Smaller Tide, Philip Weigel, and Lee Rosevere. For comments, suggestions, or to be part of the show, give us a call at... That's 404-996-1173 Committed now has apparel To check out our store, visit tpublic.com slash committed Also, you can grab a copy of Joe's new book Charlotte Walsh Likes to Win on Amazon or wherever books are sold This episode was recorded at Mouth Media's Network Studio in New York Powered by Sennheiser Check out Mouth Media's fun and inspiring daily podcast, Hashtag Moms Got This, for all the working moms getting it done. Hashtag Moms Got This is on iTunes, Google Play, and at MomsGotThisShow.com. Committed with Joe Piazza has been a production of the House Stuff Works family, produced in our studios located in Atlanta, Georgia. Hey
0: guys, Joe here.